and welcome to Mystical and Mysteries, the podcast. Join your host, Olivia Dybert, a psychic medium mom, as she discusses true crime, missing and cold cases, paranormal investigations, psychic medium development, and much more. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hi guys, um, welcome back. We are going to be talking today about Alexis Gabe. <clears throat> and um, this one really kind of hit me pretty hard um, when I did this this reading. Um, Alexis is 24 years old and my oldest daughter is 23. And even though it they all hit me really hard, for whatever reason, this one really, really hit me hard. Um, She's a 24-year-old nursing student, bright, beautiful. I mean, look at her picture. She's gorgeous. Um, and um, to not know where or what happened to your family member is, it's got to be devastating. So um, like I said, they all are, and they all hit you really differently. But this one, I think it's just because I have a 23-year-old, so I can kind of relate to to that age group um and that so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to tell you a little bit about Alexis Gabe um and her case and then I'm going to tell you about my reading because this one I I so here's the deal when I do missing persons cases I use my psychic abilities in order to tap into um getting the bigger picture of what happened and I really try to turn off my mediumship because of incidences that happened like it did with this particular case um i actually i'm gonna get to it later so but it was very this is one of the reasons why i work in psychic ability and try to work in it only by by itself um but let's get back to alexis alexis went missing the night of january 26 of 2022 and she disappeared under very suspicious circumstances. She was last known, um, her last known um, location was Bent Tree Way in Antioch, California. Um, Alexis did live with her family and when she didn't come home, you know, the family knew where she was going because she told them. And so the family called the called Jones and um, Jones did confirm that she was there but left at nine o'clock and um, Jones is Alexis's ex-boyfriend so when she disappeared and she didn't come back home the Gabes organized a search party and her car was found on January 27th her vehicle was found in a dead-end street approximately five miles away from her last known whereabouts and her keys were still in the ignition um, the weird thing was that the car was about five minutes away from Alexis's home. So and it's in an area that she would have no business being in. So it was just a little odd, like everything else. Um, so her car was found and I, I believe it was or this um, search party that was organized by the Gabes. They're the ones, and I believe it's family and friends. They're the ones that found the vehicle. Um, the big deal here though, is that they also caught surveillance video of someone that they think might be of 
have been involved with her disappearance. And the description was um, a male, 5'11 to 6 foot, slim build, dark skin, wearing a large jacket, a beanie or a cap, and he, his face was covered with an N95 mask. Um, and there was a beard protruding from underneath that mask. Well, guess who lives on Bentry Way? and who fits the description caught on the surveillance video. That's correct, her ex-boyfriend, Marshall Curtis Jones, who was 27 years old. Um, and like I mentioned before, Alexis did tell her family that she was going over to her ex-boyfriend's house and then she just never came home. So right away, I think they, the PD and everybody were um, suspecting him of something, right? So on May 12th though, Oakley PD served a search warrant for Jones's home on Bentry Way. And in, it was soon after Alexis went missing that Jones moved out of state. So if you're not guilty, then why act guilty, in, in my opinion? This is something that I felt um, was very out of character for him. There was no reason for him to leave, to leave um, the state, but it was days after she disappeared that he ended up moving to out to Seattle. He has family and, and possibly friends or associates out there in, in Seattle. On May 13th, investigators and the Class Kids Foundation were conducting a search. And during the search, um, the Class Kids Foundation, who, by the way, um, they are a connected to the Polly Klaus Foundation. Do you remember Polly Klaus? She was kidnapped. Um, but this, these guys are trained professional search and rescue people. And um, this is so super important, you guys. Um, searching for someone, it's always really, really good to have training in this because there's a pattern of how you walk and there's things that you should know when you actually possibly could find something. So it's wonderful that they had this group of volunteers. Um, and it, it, so these, this group actually found a key piece of evidence during their search. And that piece of evidence was Alexis's cell phone case. It was um, pretty unique. And it, I believe she had it made, and so it was a picture of Tupac, but it, like a cartoon character picture of Tupac on the back. The big part of this is that they actually found DNA evidence of not only Alexis on the phone, but of Jones, her ex-boyfriend. Um, so that's a pretty key piece of evidence that was discovered by the Class Kids Foundation, so kudos to them. Um, Police held that information, though, for about a month or so until they can confirm for a fact that it belonged to Alexis, A, but B, um, that they had the appropriate amount of time before they said anything out to the public because you just never know what's going to happen if you divulge too much information to the public, right? So Joan's DNA was, again, found on the cell phone case, um, and... It sounds like it now this could be a misprint because it, it was in an article um, that it said that DNA was found on the phone I don't remember them ever saying that they found the phone they found the phone case so 
take that with a grain of salt. Um, so they did find DNA, ev DNA evidence, whether it was on the phone or the phone case. And GPS tracking in Alexis's car, along with surveillance footage, um, revealed a direct path from Jones's home to where her car was found. Uh, Jones, of course, was very uncooperative. He refused to talk to police several times. So in essence, by him not talking, it really slowed down the investigation of what happened to Alexis Gay. Contra Costa District Attorney Diana Becton said that there was sufficient evidence to file a criminal charge against Jones. Um, they had, again, phoners intercept recordings. They had surveillance footage. They had cell phone data. And they had DNA evidence. So Chief Beard from the Oakley PD indicated that it took took months for them to kind of piece everything together um, so that they could get it, an arrest warrant issued. Jones was being charged for the murder of Alexis Gabe. So it sounds like they were able to find enough evidence, obviously, to get an arrest warrant. On June 1st of 2022, um, the Seattle PD, oh God, I suck at pronouncing things you guys this is something you're gonna get used to um Sonomish Sonomish County Sheriff's Department I am so sorry if I botched that just saying U.S. Marshals were attempting to also arrest Jones at the home in Seattle unfortunately Jones came out charging at the police and he was shot by the marshals and he was pronounced dead at the scene which absolutely freaking sucks because the one person that may have exactly where Alexis is, the knowledge, right, is now dead. So now what? And this is awful for the family because the hard part about all of this is even if they have in their brain that they know that she has passed, but where is she? There's no closure, not even when you have a... a, a suspect of where she uh, what happened to her because there's no tangible evidence of that she is dead and so there's always that glimmer of hope and that's part of that ambiguous loss that I've talked about before um, so Alexis's case is now um, considered a homicide investigation and um, Antioch PD as well as the Oakley PD are still searching for her body and it is ongoing so, yes, Alexis is still missing, and the only person that we know who may have known where she was is now deceased, which sucks. Um, I, I plead that if you know anything, possibly heard something, you think you saw something, even if it's something very small, you never know what that one little tiny bit of infora information could do to find a body and to give the Gabe family some closure. So please, if you know anything, um, you've seen anything, you heard anything, contact the Oakley PD at 925-625-8060. Again, that's 925-625-8060. You never, never, never know what that one little piece of evidence could lead to. Um, so when it comes to my reading, this was very, very difficult for me. Um, 
here is my process. I sit down and I normally get a picture or an item, like psychometry, I can hold on to something and get information. And I try to request a picture if I possibly can that just, I don't know, I connect stronger that way. I'm faster too. Um, but I also do automatic writing. So what that means is that I take a deep breath, I kind of clear my brain, and then my hand just starts to write. And um, I'm not in a trance or anything crazy like that. It's just, it, it just starts to go. I, and I'm very conscious of what I'm doing. And, um, but my, my very first step is usually with the missing person. Are they alive or are they deceased? Because that will change my reading, obviously, and how I go about getting information. So in this case, I close my eyes, take a deep breath, and um, start to focus. And I start seeing scenes of Alexis with a young male sitting on a couch watching TV. And then I tap in again and I get another image of her out with the same male. And so I keep getting these scenes with this male. And the weird thing about this is she's smiling, she's happy, she's laughing. And I'm like, this is bizarre. I have no idea what's going on here because from what I get from Alexis, she's so family oriented. The Gabes are such a family oriented group that I can't imagine she would just leave and not tell her family where she's going. That's how close knit they are. And um, so this was baffling to me. I wrote on my paper alive and I started to try to write and nothing was coming and I just felt wrong. It just felt wrong. I'm like, she's not alive. I don't think that she's alive. I think this is very bizarre. I don't know what's going on. And um, I realized that it was Alexis showing me snippets of her relationship. Now my understanding from the Gabe family was that they had been together for about three or three and a half years and it was a very loving relationship in the beginning and I think this is what Alexis was trying to tell me. Like it was more than just the ending and which makes sense and I've had readings before where maybe someone um, was responsible for their own death and they won't let me see the death and I felt like she was doing the same thing and she did she wanted people to focus on what happened before not necessarily what happened at the end so once I realized it was Alexis showing me these things I literally had to talk to her and say Alexis I I completely understand what you're trying to tell me but here's the deal I need you to step back because if I can find your body and bring your family some closure, that is what my goal is when I do these cases. So um, she must have stepped back a little bit because all of a sudden I started getting flooded with more imagery and it was imagery of what I believe happened that evening. I do believe that she got hit, a that Joan struck her a few times. Um, and then I saw his hands coming right around her her neck area to shoulders to neck and then it blocked again so it, my other senses kicked in because I got blocked and I started feeling pain so this doesn't happen all the time for me but it does happen sometimes where I literally physically feel the pain of someone else um, the pain started in the back of my ears which was so crazy 
Um, and then it kind of traveled down my neck and then I felt like I just couldn't breathe and I felt like something broke. So I'm not a medical person, so I'm not going to try to, to name what I feel broke here. Um, but something broke in here and I just couldn't breathe anymore. I, I feel like everything swelled and I just couldn't breathe anymore. And, um, it was, it was really hard. It was really hard to, to see this. And, um, I do believe I was in a home because I could see a living room and a dining room. And I feel like Jones, once Alexis passed, I feel like he picked her up and moved her. And, um, I'm not quite sure, um, at that point, I, I kind of felt like he put, he walked out the garage and put her in a vehicle. And I do believe now that it's Alexis's vehicle that he put her in. And I believe he dumped her in somewhere between his house and where her vehicle was found. My confidence rating on that section of it it's like a four or five. It's not as confident because I was having a really hard time seeing this, but this is kind of what I felt. And um, now I know I saw him walking and I saw him going towards like a shopping center, I believe this was a shopping, outdoor shopping center. So we do now, I now know that that has been verified for me because they finally put out the video of the surveillance video showing Jones walking. Um, and I did see that. I didn't see him with the mask on or anything. I just saw like a dark shadow moving. <clears throat> and to me, that was him walking in the at nighttime because it was very dark. And um, it this was such a, such a difficult case. I will say that when I asked to see where her body was, I did see dried grass. Um, you know, that could be anywhere. And this is what is, gets very difficult for me is I can see a scene, but it could be like a 20 mile, you know, radius or whatever. I, you know, maybe, maybe the whole area of from Jones's house to where her car was found looks exactly the same. And that's what makes it really difficult because I could see low mountains. So that tells me the mountains were far away because they, they were kind of low and in the background. Um, and I saw really dark grass but I actually saw this road that I would it makes me feel like it's um, a back road which is kind of weird because I live up here in the country and a back road would be completely different than what I saw um, this is more like an expressway or a road that's used a lot and um, Jones is very familiar with this road I do feel like it is very close to a freeway and that's why it's like the back road. So I'm originally from California. So I will tell you, if you can try to get away from um, taking the freeway, then normally we try to do that because the freeway is usually bumper to bumper. And, um, but in this case, I feel like it's a back road from that main freeway, if that makes any sense. And, um, Jones is very familiar with this particular road. Um, I think he travels it quite often. 
but um, so that that kind of was my my reading in a nutshell and um, it's one of the reasons why I work with my psychic ability because with my psychic ability I feel like I get both sides of the story I can see it in as a bigger picture I get information for the perpetrator as well as the victim I can see more clearly when it comes to seeing um, the scenery and when I work with my psychic ability I can also tap into the perpetrator and try to figure out logic what was his thinking I, I'm pretty good at profiling as well so I can get their personality and um, so and, and that's how I know Alexis's personality is I tapped into her and I could feel it the love gosh she's such a loving person and comes from a, such a loving family um, but I did feel like Jones tempered quickly and unfortunately the way Alexis made me feel was she knew to ha how to press his buttons now don't come at me because this is not an excuse I'm not making an excuse for what he did because there's no excuse for it I, I get that but she was making me feel like I pushed his buttons and he just snapped and she is just as surprised as everybody else that he snapped so badly and I will say that I don't feel it's the first time he has hit her and so um, that she kind of expected but the, the um, to the extent of what happened she was just as surprised as anybody else and it's he was when if I if I could just describe his face when I saw it, it was pure anger and it was like he was seeing black like there was just no I don't think he even he just snapped he just absolutely freaking snapped and um, it's horrible but I will tell you this you guys I feel like not that she saw it coming because she was surprised but there's that gut feeling that you get sometimes and I do I'm one of those people that feel like everybody has psychic abilities right it's whether you choose to listen to them or not listen to them and sometimes it's a very fine line of, of what we do and people also always explain things as imagination or uh, but everybody knows and understands a gut feeling that is your psychic ability I feel like she had a gut feeling that something badly it like she should stop and she didn't listen to it she did not listen to her gut feeling and this is so common with so many cases that I've read please listen to those gut feelings you guys do not worry about hurting someone's feelings because your safety is so much more important than hurting someone's feelings you can explain yourself later to somebody else but it's okay to say no and it's okay to go away um, listen to those gut feelings they 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 will save you every time but um, that you guys is the story of Alexis Gabe that is also my conclusion of my reading um, I'm hoping to sit with it a little bit longer and see if I can get more on her whereabouts um, because like I said I do know that they're actively looking for her body and um, it just kills me this just kills me um, again if you guys are from the Antioch or Oakley area 
um, and you think you may know something, you've overheard something, you saw something, please call Oakley PD. Your little nugget of information just might be the key to finding Alexis's body, and we want to bring home Alexis. We want to bring her home. We want her parents to be able to grieve. Uh, 925-625-8060. And below, I'm going to provide that phone number, and I'm also going to give a link to the Klaus Foundation if you want to help that's the best way to help is to get trained in search and rescue and start something in your own community that you would be able to help with something like this. That is it for today. I will talk to you guys next week. I thank you for listening. And again, if you um, feel so inclined, feel free to share Alexis's story, put up a picture and let's get awareness. Let's not let these cold cases um, be forgotten. Let's not let them forget. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Mystical and Mysteries, the podcast. If you like what you heard, then please remember to hit like and subscribe. Have a burning question for Olivia? Feel free to get in touch. You can reach the psychic medium mom at theclareconnection.com or on Instagram at theclareconnection. Until next time. Stay safe.